you stop playing, nigga. Y'all nigga know what the fuck going on. Big 4L. Big steppers. Big footprints. Pussy. Big 4L, we are back, we are back. This is a special episode because we were supposed to preview the defense and special teams today and uh, the 2023 Hokies, but nah, ESPN had other plans. They had to drop a bombshell on on VT Twitter and Hokie Nation. So um, we had to bring in the pastor for this one because when, when you say the names, John Boleyn and Tim Sands and Justin Fuente and uh with Babcock. You gotta you gotta you gotta bring in the pastor. So we had to bring in Pastor Joe Rogers. Pastor Joe Rogers, uh can you lay something down for the people? I'd like for everyone to rise, turn their books to Joe 316. Today we're gonna cover the unholy trinity, and in the words of the Lord Himself. When you do not open your eyes, you will believe lies. Let me tell y'all, man, I've been saying this for a while. Whit Babcock, Tim Sands, John Belan, they're not what everybody thought they were. And today, they're going to have to repent for their sins, man. We can, we can start with John Belan. People think that he's this, you know, this great, you know, wizard or godfather or whatever of Virginia Tech football and athletics, but he's not. He's been along for the ride. He's rode Beamer's coattails the entire time. He started to put nepotism within our AD. You know, we hired his daughter. His wife works with the basketball team. Now we've got another problem. They're deep-rooted. What's this man make a year? 500 grand? For what? I mean, the ESPN article says they moved him out of that position, but then he still loomed around like some wizard you know still pulling the strings behind the curtains like come on man like this is obvious like it is so obvious and people just they never wanted to believe it all joe's a hater joe's being mean no man joe's trying to tell you all the truth because everybody just wants to believe what's good and what sounds nice isn't always the truth just because some dude gave you a hug and took a picture with you does not mean that he's your friend or a good person. So John Belan, he's he's the first issue. He's the first part of the unholy trinity. And we saw a lot of that in the article. You know, every anytime that someone wanted change, it seems like he bristled up. They, you know, people within the AD and former staffers, you know, they kind of mentioned that, you know, John Belan, he was a clog. He was a wizard of clogs. That's what he was. He wanted to keep things like it was the 90s. The game passes everybody by. It passed him by. And now we have another issue to deal with because we have nepotism. Now, how do you get them out of there? It's so deep-rooted. You know, the rot goes all the way to the roots of this tree. I like the article because it showed a lot of that. And it showed another part. We got Whit Babcock. He actually participated in this article, which is crazy I would have just said no comment to anything. You're not throwing me under the bus. 
but it showed a lot of what Wit did wrong. I mean, some of the things they didn't mention, like, you know, Wit kind of forcing Beamer out, not letting him go his own way. I, he's a legend, man. You know, I thought some of the things Wit has done has been very wrong. He's never really stuck up for any of the athletes whenever they have off-field troubles, even and especially when those charges end up being false. I can give you some exam examples. Adonis Alexander, Mook Reynolds, uh, Devon Hunter most recently, um, CJ Rivas. Uh, we got Boots. These are all guys that had their careers ruined because Whit Babcock let Tim Sands railroad him. And these were all charges that were ended up being dropped or false charges. But Whit has been the biggest problem of any of these. He's the one that picked out Fuente because he thought he bought into the media hype. But Witt's been a problem from day one. We look at the Nike contract, and then we see in the article that the Nike contract's so bad that we had to do a clothing and equipment drive for our football players. Are you kidding me? Like, they couldn't even get but one pair of gloves, one pair of socks. Like, what is this, a soup kitchen? Like, there are two Bs in Babcock because that man's a double beta. He's a beta fish, and he belongs in a cup. But he, he is the biggest part of the rock. The crazy part is they're all still here. You know, Whit, Whit let our facilities get behind because Beamer, <laughs> Beamer was able to milk a strawberry. We're being honest, man. He could squeeze a little extra juice out of the rack. Not everybody's going to be able to do that. That's part of what made him special. And Whit never realized that. Whit thought that he could keep doing that with the next guy over and over. He let facilities get behind to Fuente's credit, I, I don't like the man. I think he did a terrible job, ran our program in the dirt. But when he went to Baylor and flirted with them, it kind of opened their eyes to how far behind we are in facilities. We're still behind. The locker room didn't get done. It was supposed to have been done last year. It wasn't because he goofed around. Then they had to find extra money. And now it's going to be done next year, supposedly. It's been, it's been an issue for just so long. He, went, he let John Boleyn just run blindly with everything, run it in the ground. He should have fired Fuente a year earlier. They don't bring that up in the article, but we all remember the press conference where it looked like he ate gas station sushi. Wit was sick to his stomach because he <laughs> was announcing he's coming back. So a lot of this is on Wit, man. Like, I think another one, too, from my eyes, is he re-extended this Nike deal again. Like, you didn't even fix the problem. A problem that you have acknowledged, you don't fix it. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? And then you use quotes from opposing coordinators to justify keeping Fuente and Cornelson. It's like, come on, man. They haven't been investing in football. It's the cash cow. And then we can move to Tim Sands as well. He's out there looking crazy as well. He is on quote, I believe it's 2015 I pulled up where he said he thought college football, the bubble was going to burst and die. And that's how you get left behind. Tim Sands is a problem. He's the one that's pushing against football. He lets the town of Blacksburg push the school around anytime they want. You look at Center Street, where they fighting over salamanders? Salamanders. I mean, that man's the devil. And now he's out there. He's lobbying for Cal and Stanford just because he went to Cal. It, it's been a problem for way too long. 
quits let Tim Sands push him around. We all heard that, you know, he wanted to hire Freeze or Kiffin, and he let Tim Sands push him around again. And I don't want anybody to ever think that Whit Babcock found Mike Young because he did not. The only reason they even knew about Mike Young is because Buzz Williams himself left two names on a note when he left that should re- they should hire and replace him. And Mike Young just happened to be one of those. And a board of visitors member, the BOV, pushed it. So Wick gets no credit. I'm tired of him getting credit for that. I like the article. It sheds some light on the unholy trinity. I mean, they're still here. They need to be replaced, all three of them. Hey, Governor Yonkin, if you're hearing the same man, get rid of that cat. Get rid of Tim Sands. And the BOV, if any of y'all are listening, get rid of Whit Babcock. Force change. Get rid of John Boleyn. Get rid of the whole family. Nepotism has no place in a P5 program like this. I mean, we got kids that their whole careers get ruined. Their whole future is gone. All because of incompetency. And I think it did a good job shedding, shedding light on that. And I... You know, I don't think Fuente's perfect. I don't think he was a good coach. And I think if you kind of read it for what it was as well, I think Fuente took a couple L's on the chin too. But, I mean, it gets bypassed just because how bad of a job our administration done. And Vito in the space the other night, I think you said it the best. Fuente did a bad job. He lowered the floor, and the administration lowered the ceiling. So, hopefully, Pratt can get in here and turn that thing around. But – we're going to have to cut the rod off. What do you think, Drew? Thanks, Pastor Joe. I appreciate the sermon. It's absolutely fantastic. I think you put a lot of it into uh, into good terms. Uh, one thing that comes to mind for me is just like, so I think when we think of administration, this administrative failure like this, it really boils down to the president at the end of the day. And I think Sands does not have, I feel like Sands has not gotten enough of the, um, the blame in all of this per se, because I think he allowed it to happen. And I think just allowing it to happen is what was wrong with this whole situation. What this article pointed out a ton of different problems, a ton of different individual issues over the course of like 10 years. And all of that could have been solved with somebody at the top, even above wit, laying the law and laying the foundation down and organizing things in a better way. So I think you're spot on with what you said about Sands. It blew me away that he wasn't even mentioned one time in the article for probably a good reason. I don't think, uh, obviously, he wanted to be a part of the article, but I think that any any administration failure like this really boils down to uh, the president at the end of the day. And obviously, Wit takes a lot of that blame, but Wit is employed by the president. So, you know, I think it does fall on Sands a lot. And I just, you know, going back to when I just think about when Grayson came on the podcast, I think it was like our second or third episode. And he kind of went in a little bit on Sands talking to us behind the scenes. And it, I think I'm really starting to understand what he was talking about, because I just don't see how Sands is a good fit for this school moving forward, you know? And so um, while I'm, positive about the future this this in retrospect is looking really re- looking really bad so i think the school just got uber complacent with where they were as a football program and they just let it they just let it fester and they let the they let the guys just hang around for way too long but 
you know, yeah. I still think it's a problem that Boleyn is still here, you know, and, and, you know, wit too, uh, you can make the case that he could, that he should and could be canned, but, um, the stuff about Boleyn is a little weird. You know, the wizard of Oz stuff behind the scenes, you don't know what he's doing. You don't know what he's making. You don't know how he's involved. Um, you know, I'm, I'm cool with Pry right now, but I think he had a big part in hiring Pry as well. Is that, is that right? Am I, am I remembering incorrectly? I mean, that's how the story goes and they're going to spin it for PR. I'm sure. Yeah. But I don't trust them at all. Yeah. So I think it's a, it's a lot of hands in the wrong spot and it just reeks of like somebody needs to come in and lay down the foundation better. And that should be the president in this. I mean, obviously the athletic director has to do that, but they need an athletic director. That's better. They need the president to take that initiative. And as of right now, Sands has no interest in football. As you said, he's shown that before. So I'm, I'm excited for the future, but I'm I'm still worried that it, it's lingering still in the future if they don't change the administration. And you're right. It goes back to the head, man. And another thing I want to point out, look at all the programs that Whit Babcock has been a part of. When he leaves, they do immediately better. It's not like years later. It's immediate. Look at Cincinnati. Skyrocketed when he left. He left Missouri. They had a good year. Everything comes back to the head man, which is Sands. And let's be honest, he's incompetent and hands off. So it does fall on wit. One of the things I don't think people have talked about enough, players weren't getting their stipend checks on time or they were getting mailed to the wrong addresses or not at all. How is that even possible? You got players doing two-a-days when it's hot outside in the summer, they're dehydrated. And you got them staying in dorms that don't even have air conditioning and they're sweating and can't sleep at night. I mean, this is stuff that is just unbelievable. It's malfeasible. If you were a doctor and you did half this shit wrong on a typical surgery, your ass is probably going to Canada to try to escape the law. Like, I I just cannot fathom this. I can't believe half of this is gone, you know? But you're right. Any business, if it's failing, who do you look at? You look at the CEO. The owner. The, the owner. You look at, yeah, we're the owner. You look at the head man, and that is a business that was once great that failed. I mean, I guess you could say Frank Beamer was running a circuit city, but you know, Tim Sands, he's he's responsible in all of this. He is the head man. This happened on his watch, and he has to answer for it. I agree. I think he ultimately changed the trajectory of Virginia Tech as a school. I mean, it, Virginia Tech as a school was built by football. It revolved around the football program, and it was clear as day. I mean, it was the most cookie-cutter basic, like, we have a football program, and now our school is massive because we're great, you know, the very in very simple terms. And Sands came in and wanted to change that perception and change the school and be more of an institution and – have you know do well across not only our sports but our academics and broaden what Virginia Tech is as a brand, which is all great, but you're missing the main point about Virginia Tech, which is it's built around the football program. So I don't know yeah. what Sands' plan is for the future, but I can guarantee you it just does not involve football. Uh, football full, is an afterthought. Smoke. Right. It, all all the things that Tim Sands has promised to do, 
None of them have come true. He did not get us AAU membership. He's done a terrible job with sexual assault problems on and re reported incidents on campus. The other problem that nobody seems to ever want to talk about is how the student council that's full of dorks gets to basically prosecute people on campus, even when they get proven innocent in the court of law. That's double jeopardy. SANS has done nothing to clean up anything. We had the housing problem. Kids were staying in the Holiday Inn. Everything that he has touched has been an issue. Have they even got the Amazon school even off the ground? Or is that just another empty promise? Does anybody know? I mean, you would you would know better than me because obviously out of the out of the three of us on this podcast, you're the one that actually like went to Virginia Tech and spent a lot of time there. Uh, but from the outside looking in, man, it just it seems like I like I just don't understand how wit is a culture fit for not wit. I don't understand how Sands is a culture fit for Virginia Tech, and uh, it kind of worries me that moving forward he is still going to be around i mean despite this this article was good in the sense that it paints the picture from before and i think wit takes a lot of accountability in this article and that's why he showed up in this article it was like a hey i acknowledge all these things i fucked up in um but really like a lot of that falls on sands too so yeah i just i'm i'm still a little curious as to how things are going to play out in the future Sands has to realize, too, this is never going to be an Ivy League school. This isn't Yale or Harvard. It is a blue-collar fan base, an alumni base, and donor base. You know, we kind of... There's nothing with wrong with that. Beamer. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's no Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, but he thinks there is. And I think that he purposely hired Whit Babcock because he needed somebody that was weak that he could control. I think that's why he handpicked him. Honest God. Absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm sure that's the, the exact reason. It's like, here's a guy that you can, you know, you can work, you can be in his ear. He'll kind of do what you want. He's not going to, he's not going to talk back type deal. So Wit is just the figurehead. You know what I mean? It was kind of, it's kind of similar to when we talk about Horn versus Fuente and Horn is just doing what Fuente wants. In this case, Wit is just doing what Sands wants. Exactly. Weak men create hard times. And we're in a lot of hard times because of weak men. John Blaine included. Dog, you are old. You need to retire, bro. Go walk Beamer's dog. I don't give a fuck. Get the fuck out of my football program, bro. Like, I want to know where, where our money's going to. They need to be more transparent with this shit. Like, that's the I other thing. I want to see the books. I uh, want to see, the, see books. the books. I, I call the IRS, motherfucker. I want to see the books. Like, where's, where's these donations going, man? Like, when they finish a project and there's leftover money, where's it go? Where, what, what are they doing with it? I see that we're running in the black every year. What are y'all doing with the excess? Who's pocketing that? Is that going in a bank account? I mean, there's got to be a reason I can't get my LED lights. Somebody's stealing the money, man. Are they shifting it around? I want to see the books. There's no transparency, man. I want to see the books. When you got players saying they didn't get stipends, they never, they never seen a stipend. And then you got a weight room gate that was exposed in this uh article. What did y'all feel about weight room gate? What did y'all feel about the weight room situation where apparently, obviously, you have a budget in place to upgrade a weight room, but to save a couple dollars. 
you figure, why change the weights? <laughs> weights weigh the same. <laughs> weights weigh the same. What do you think about it, Joe? still heavy, right? I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I don't know what the weights were before. You know, I don't know if they were like, if they were good enough. I really, you know, I've worked out at fucking powerhouses where they've had weights from the, like the 60s and 70s in there. The weights, weights, do, weights are the same. But in a college football weight room where it needs to look the part and it needs to be aesthetically pleasing in that sense, uh, I feel like you're missing a big a big target by just saying fuck off with the weights. <laughs> That's a big yeah, part of the is, weight room. But see, right? the point is whether whether they want new weights or whatever, I gave you money to buy new weights. I yeah. gave you the money. I like it ain't coming out of wit pocket. It ain't coming out of the it's coming it's coming out of you know you in my pocket to be honest. What they spend it on. So what you spend the money on because you damn sure want to give it out in stipends. Like, if my grandma, God bless it, did. I said this in space, but if my grandma gave me $5 to go to the store and get a box of stovetop and a, a, a thing of gravy, right? Uh, mind you, $5 go further back in the 90s than they do now. But get a box of stovetop and a thing of gravy. And I say, why don't I get off-brand stovetop and off-brand gravy? Save the dollar by myself for Snickers. You don't think I'm gonna get my head punched off when I get back home? Like, who are you to decide? I gave you the money to do a thing. I didn't give you five dollars to get you a Snickers. That's the way the game goes. So, I don't care if the weights was ten thousand off the budget, motherfucker. You use that ten thousand and you buy new weights. If the weights was two hundred thousand. You take that money and buy new weight. That's what we paid you to do. We didn't pay you to skim off the top. In a drug game, you get killed for that. Come on, man. That's crazy. You I want to on your taxes. You go to prison. I want to see the books. And the, books. the word is they just left the weights outside during the pandemic when everything was locked down. They were just left outside, and that's how they got taken. I'm sure people had them at their apartments to work out because Fuente probably had the locker rooms locked by two o'clock, couldn't lift, go to the gym. But to y'all's theory, in a way, weights don't weigh the same because it's not safe after a while. The bars aren't inspected. If something's wrong with the grips and technically some of those weights that are, you know, have the poly, the plastic polypropylene, they technically don't weigh the same because they dehydrate and lose moisture over time. But it it's also becomes a safety issue. But to Vito put it the best, man, what y'all do with the money? Where is the money? Yeah, the, right. the school had a... It ain't like they went and spent it on the coach or, or gave it to a recruit. Yeah, I mean, this is... They, they, bl they blamed it on COVID, whatever. But you know how many times we heard something was blamed on COVID that year or the pandemic or even the year after that pandemic in 2021, it was, there were so many decisions that revolved around, Oh, the pandemic, we can't do this. We can't do that. Um, right. Everybody had them restrictions, if not more, but it didn't make any sense. Like, I don't know. Virginia tech has grown as a school. If anything in the past 20 years, how are they having a problem with buying weights? That makes no fucking sense. You know what I mean? Like Central Michigan University. Yeah, where I went to school has dropped in fucking 
enrollment over the past 20 years and it's a dying school but their weight room is brand fucking new and they they got the money for gear like i just don't get how virginia tech as big of a brand as they are at, like had these problems in the first place it makes zero sense there has to be something like you know said there's you got to check the books something's got to be off I'm a, i've been saying it for years they got the money i've been saying it for years they got the money it's just why why spend mine's when I can spend yours? Oh yeah, I ain't got. That's why people claim claim bankruptcy. You see these CEOs, these Fortune 500 companies, all that. These rich people every time times get rough, they claim bankruptcy. They be having money, but no, I'm not about to put my money into this thing. Hell no, the the company broke. I ain't broke. Man, listen, it's the same thing with football, bro. I never seen nothing like this. That's why I like I donate to NIL, I donate to players. I don't donate to schools because while the players, the people that pay the rent, the people that keep the lights on in Virginia Tech, gotta argue over a pair of gloves. I bet you ain't one beaker and one burner in the science department loose. I bet you can get all the beakers and burners you want, you know, what you need. We got plenty. I bet you the library full of the freshest, newest books. Books, books that they of uh, subjects that ain't even came out yet. They done sent, they done sent a a stuffed hokey bird to the moon. They done put a horse on a treadmill. But the people that pay the rent, they got to get one pair of gloves. Come on now, I don't donate to schools. I donate to players. People go, you do, you, do, you need to donate. Drive for twenty five. Yeah, and that's exactly why the science department got beakers, burners, frogs to dissect. Squids to dissect everything. Not a not a dime went missing on that. But when it comes to the football team, all weights weigh the same. Do you think you think you could tell a science professor that's been teaching for ten years that all beakers are the same? I ain't think so. <laughs> they think we're they think everybody is just dumb and gullible. And ignorant, but they got that Rolls Royce jet engine in the engineering building because I saw that motherfucker. Uh, Rolls got... Royce jet engine. Yeah, sell that bitch. Fucking auction that some bitch off, man. So like, my my problem, guys, with this whole thing is what has actually changed. Like the article's out, right? But the institution is still here. Everybody's still here. So like, okay, now they're just admitting it that it's happening right what is like the people aren't changing my thing is this like it's two weeks before the season what was the purpose for that to come out then like who benefits let's get to the real shit who benefits from this article coming out two weeks before the season starts because it's not Virginia Tech well to be fair uh Will Stewart got on the timeline responded to us and he said they've been working on this article since 2022. They heard about it at the last ACC media days. Motherfucker, you run a message board. You don't think you could tell anybody? <laughs> message okay, so they've been working on this thing since 2022. Like, what purpose does it serve? Okay, what purpose does it serve it coming out two weeks before the football season? It's so I, it, it, it ain't. It, it can't be no other way. It's got to be. The Jimmy Sexton turkey bacon hit piece. But this one's actually it's gotta be Justin Fuente. It's gotta be Justin Fuente putting out feeders. Like, listen, the reason let's not forget about the infamous 
uh, Doug Gottlieb show interview where he said, oh, I got the Virginia Tech and the team had low character and Virginia Tech isn't as Southern as I thought it would be. And I don't even know what the hell kind of excuse that was. I guess he thought he had a bunch of he, – he was walking into a team with a bunch of dumbass rednecks or whatever. But no, no, Justin Fuente, you geography wizard. Virginia is in the middle of the East Coast. It's guys from the South. It's guys from the North. We're literally in the middle. Yeah, I, I would say the mentality of 100% of Virginians – the mentality is split down the middle of north and south. You got northerners and southerners. It just depends on where you at or who you talking to. I don't understand. Virginia Tech ain't as southern as you thought. It ain't as northern as you thought either. I mean, it's in the middle. We're literally smack dab in the middle. We're in the mid Atlantic. But uh, just weird Fuente shit, bro. I don't. It it does, but I do have to say like. I feel like it's just the national media being interested as well as part of it because Virginia tech is a very like liked and loved school throughout the country. And I think I've heard from a lot of people, at least in the mid the Midwest saying like, what happened to Virginia tech? Like, why aren't they good anymore? I feel like a lot of people did want to know. And I had some right. friends like that are in Ohio that sent me, sent me the article too. Like, Oh, did you see this? Like, and they were blown away. It's like, I've, we've, you know, we've been talking about that shit for years. So I think like it, that's part of it, but it's like a, it's like a, oh my God, you know, like I'm pretty sure Nebraska get these articles all the time too. Absolutely. Um, right. Same Nebraska, thing. you know, like what happened? And I, I, I guarantee you Nebraska fans got all the reasons. Now the difference between Nebraska and Virginia Tech is sadly the Midwest, that part of the Midwest, they just don't produce the kids. And um, once all the, once all the factories closed, and you couldn't, I quite frankly, cheat anymore. Like Nebraska had ways to cheat. Uh, exp- I wouldn't even say it was cheating. They would just they would just exploit loopholes and exploit things like Section Eight and things, and let players live like kings and all of that. They were paying players. They was getting guys like, I mean, I think Lawrence Phillips is dead, but they get a crazy ass nigga like Lawrence Phillips. Like you know, he doing shit off the field, but they were just willing to overlook it. Uh, they don't get those players no more, and that type of talent don't develop there no more. They right. had to go to Texas for kids, but guess what? Texas, that's a different type of recruiting battle. Like so, but I get, you, I but I guarantee you, a Nebraska fan to tell you their Tim saying sucks. So right, you know, right. <laughs> so it's a lot of the, sc- a, the scary thing though is like you know Nebraska hasn't figured it out. You know what I mean, like in how many years? Even dating back to before Virginia Tech got bad, they've been struggling for a long time. They've like, been struggling since Bo Pelini. And what are the odds that Tech just doesn't figure it out for a while? Oh, you no, that's, I mean? definitely, that's definitely possible, especially with all this realignment. It's a lot of uh, – Yeah, I mean, we could be – Certainly in the sky. You know, I, I really hope Prize the guy. I really hope it works, whatever. And I'm sure everybody will tell you the same shit. But, you know, you know, you know how many – you know what Nebraska thought when they got Scott Frost? You know one of I mean? us. Exactly. He, 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 he was the perfect guy, just like Pry. Oh, he's going to yeah. get us back to what we were, everything, right? And what happened he, with he, that? One of us. And they held on to his ass way too long because he was one of them. They wanted, like, want to. They wanted to believe it. 
they want they would that want to that want to a motherfucker, bro. Like when your girl ain't good for you and everybody telling you she ain't no good for you, but your ass too damn blind, it's that want to. So yeah, shout out to Scott Frost. But yeah, they they he had them looking bad. I know and Bo Pelini was Bo Pelini was like a nine win coach every year, and they was like, bro, you got to go. Yeah. And, and I don't blame them. Nebraska nine wins ain't enough. Is it fault? If Pride doesn't make it and he can't turn it around, I'm not sure who can because it's going to boil down to the unholy trinity again. Well, being the reason, not giving him the tools for the race. What if Pride is our Bo Pelini? So Bo Pelini, and I don't got his record in front of me, but I know he went like nine and three every year for Nebraska. like he Something like that. Like He always will win nine games. And eventually Nebraska was like, bro, I'm, we cool on that. Now, that's Nebraska. So let's say Pride Virginia Tech ceiling is he he eight wins shawty like eight wins every year. Don't get me wrong, eight win season is pretty good. You going to a you going to a decent bowl game. You're not going to one of the big ones. You going to a decent bowl game. You're winning. You're consistent. But let's say eight wins is the ceiling. We gonna want a different coach, bro. Like oh. I would get his ass up out of here, bro. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I agree with you. I think there's a, a thing we don't talk about that often with the pry hire of like college football in the future. You need like you need an innovative offensive mind, you know what I mean? And we're trying to become what Virginia Tech was in the early 2000s, late 90s, where we're a defensive-oriented team. We're going back to our defensive roots. It's like, that's not where football's at right now. Like, football is not heading towards that direction at all. Totally different sport now. <laughs> totally different sport. Like Totally different sport. You know what I mean? Like, are, do we even have the right goal? Like, are we trying to be something that is not even feasible? Totally feel- different sport. We don't, we don't even watch the same sport that we watched. 10, ten years, years ago. ago, not even even ten, ten years. Ten ago. years ago, we don't even watch the same sport. We like the players we root for do not even have the same mentality of right. the players from ten years ago. Ten years ago, if a player dislocated his shoulder, pop that bitch in. I don't give a fuck if it's my last game and the NFL's up next. Pop that shit in. We winning this. We gonna win this Manaki Car Care Bowl. I don't give a fuck. This year, this this generation, not to make them, it's just different. I'm not gonna say that soft, worse or better. I'm just gonna say, Manaki Car Care Bowl in the field up next. I'm not even playing in it, let alone getting hurt in it and going back in it. It's a different sport. So, to y'all's point, also, we look at the offense that they're trying to install and institute here at Tech, and is it really proven? Is it really worked? Look at Penn State. I mean, how many college? Football playoff games is Penn State won, you know, with that zero. type of offense. How many times have they been? Zero. And I we're trying to get 11, They can't even they've win. They've been 11-12 and 12 win teams, though. I, I I can't go that far. They have. They have. But they've been 11-12 win teams. You have to have such a talent gap to even get there. And, I mean, they haven't been winning that much. Like, what they do last year? I mean, they, they weren't in the college football year. playoff. Like, that's – that we, should be the goal, right? But see, we can't 
yeah, the playoffs should be the goal for everybody, but only four teams can go. Like we can't we can't put everybody's good season on making the playoff or or whatever the case may be. Because if that's the case, then we'll the always have, we'll we'll forever have a shitty season if that's the case. Cause in the four win in the fourteen playoff, we haven't even been close in that era. So maybe with the twelve team playoff, Penn State starts to make it, but they do got a New Year's six win on they on they uh jacket. They got they got 10, 11 win seasons. I think they even got a 12 win season. I ain't about to just disrespect Penn State like that. They've been doing some shit. Like they've been doing shit that if we had that that type of success, we would be like, bro, hold slow up on us. We'd have went to the NY6. We done did some things. We done had 10 win seasons. Now, there was some years with Saquon where we probably felt like they should have made the playoffs, but when you playing, when you got a, when you share a conference with Ohio State, that's the big dog, bro. And Michigan, and Michigan. they they was over Michigan in that era. Yeah, the Michigan, Michigan was just bad back there. Actually, Michigan State was a bigger problem. Yeah, Michigan State. That kind of proves my point, though. That unless they have the superior athletes, they can't win with that offense. And I don't know if you're ever going to have that. But that's here. the thing; they can win. They have been winning. Have they went to the playoffs? No, but they've been winning. Well, you can't win at the highest level, I should say. Okay, yeah, winning at the highest level, but shit, that shit is only reserved for one team out of 100 and how many? 19, 123, 123. 100, it's 100 million fucking <laughs> FBS schools. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We base it on that. Like, in the NFL, you kind of can look at football in that, you know, in that vacuum, but in college, it's too many teams, too many conferences. It's too many different levels and bars. And yeah, I, if, you, if you try to push that shit to just one team had a good year, then like you'll never find that that happiness. Like even under Frank Beamer in our quote golden era, like we was losing two and three. We was we was Penn State. We was doing that Penn State shit. We would go to the NYC or the BCS Bowls at the time. We lost right. more. Than we were we winning won. the conference. We was we winning, winning the conference. conference. But this era's, big, this era's Big Ten would beat the shit out of that era's ACC. I bet my money on that. Like, Boston it's College true. was fucking winning the Atlantic. Like, <laughs> Florida State was that. Like, it was, maybe, that was a nasty Maybe this era. game's good enough to oh. win the ACC. Who knows? Like, this scheme might be good enough for the level of ball that we're in. Yeah, I definitely think I, th- I definitely think it could be. Like, I think if you consume, oh, yeah. you know, college football like that, like I, I look at it like, are we the best in our conference? That's where I want to be. I want to be the best team in the conference. Like, I think that's a good way to consider right. it because you're not concerned about, you know, what happens right. afterwards. It's who you're playing right. on a week to week basis. And going forward with the playoffs expanding, because let's be real, eventually that shit is going to expand to thirty teams or. 64 teams it's gonna become march madness um obviously they're gonna shorten the season the season's probably gonna turn into like an eight game season and the playoffs are gonna start in like november and all that other dumb shit it's gonna get to march madness where everybody gets to go but as of right now um it's only four teams and then what next year it goes to 12 so winning your conference is eventually going to become like you got to be one of them ones in your conference to get that automatic bid. Yeah. But uh, 
Yeah, and they go from there. I mean, I'd, I'd be fine with that. I mean, go from there. Yeah. I mean, making the playoffs and the four team era, you was one of them ones. Like, even if you was the NY6, you was one of them ones. Like, okay, you had a good year. Now that shit, you know, about to be watered down when they start letting the 14th and 15th team in. Cause you know, Youngstown State ain't about to do shit. I know they FCS. I'm just saying, like, like once you make the party less and less exclusive, like it's about to be nasty playoff games. You thought TCU got their ass whooped. Wait till you let uh, Jacksonville State or one of these motherfuckers in there. But we didn't talk too much on this uh, bullshit ass article that had to come out two weeks before the season when we supposed to be hyping up the 2023 Virginia Tech Hokies. Um, last week we previewed the offense. This week we're going to preview the defense. We spent a lot of time talking about the what was me Fuente era. So we gonna we gonna do this one a little bit faster. We're gonna start with the defensive line. And then we gonna work our way out to the D, to the secondary. Um this defensive line, it's a lot of return, it's a lot of returning guys. That's the best thing about uh the defensive line. We got a lot of guys that's been here, that's been in this uh Pratt slash Marv defense. Uh, it's shit, it's been motherfuckers has been here since the J Ham days. You no know, Pollard and Kendrick's been here since the fucking Bud days. Like <laughs> we got some veterans. <laughs> we got some veterans. We got some real live veterans on this defensive line. Uh, XFL players. XFL players like Pollard, Pollard, Kendrick's Fuga in the middle. God, if any. Injuries happen to them. Good night. Cancel Christmas. Uh, there goes your run D. Um, but I like the combination though in the rotation of Pollard, Kendricks, and Fuga rotating on that uh defensive line. They all been here, they all played lots and lots and lots of football. These are, these are five and six year guys. Uh what's your thoughts on the interior defensive line? Yeah, just like you said, I think it's I think it's really good. I think it'll be one of the better parts of our defense. Uh, that three deep is solid because they all kind of bring a little bit. Well, I think Pollard and Kendricks are kind of similar. They're like they can they can pass rush a little bit better than they can run stop. And I think Fuga is more the run stopping of the of the three. Uh, but I like them all. I like all three of them. They can definitely play. Uh, looks like they kicked in Wilford Penn as well. Um, so he'll be probably like the fourth one in that rotation. But yeah, after that, it's it's looking a little looking a little dry. Um, but I mean, just those three guys are pretty solid. And I'm I'm hoping they at least give us something up front to work with. I think everybody's forgetting about one man though, the Darius Payne. I think a lot of people forgot about him. He was a transfer that came in from Nebraska, but they forgot because he got hurt last year. He was out for the year. I think he's gonna be the fourth man in that rotation. I think he brings a good vet experience to the room. And, you know, that, that can kind of hold a locker room together, too. So I, I like that four-man rotation a lot. I'm not huge on Penny, but I think he's – by this point, he's had to have made some strides. Uh, again, I also <laughs> right. like Malachi <laughs> Madison. <laughs> okay, Malachi Madison, yeah. Well, so, uh, yeah, interior stronger. I didn't know. I didn't know Payne was playing interior. I thought he was an edge guy, but he's a bigger guy. So I could see that. Yeah, 
he's a big, bigger, bigger guy. So yeah, we got a lot of experience. We got a lot, a lot of not, and not only just experience, but just like older guys, guys that's played a ton of football, guys that's seen seen it all, done it all, that had the injuries, been up, been down, seen a lot of seen a lot of losing, seen a lot of winning. But um it's a vet it's a veteran group, but one, you know, injuries do happen. Contact sport. Uh hopefully we got the guys ready to rotate in and uh can get us through games, finish games and and things of that nature. Because uh I think we say this shit every year about the defensive line, like depth, depth, depth. Yeah, mother yes, that matters. Like I know, you know, more positive leaning fans just say, Well, I just they were, we're just gonna pray for no injuries. that shit gonna happen, bro. People are gonna get gassed too. Like they'll they'll rotate. People gonna get tired. People are going to get hurt. People are going to get injured, bro. That's like praying for no uh, accidents in traffic tomorrow. It's gonna happen. Yeah, on I mean, the that, edge, on the ends. What are you about to say, Drew? I said the deep guys in that lineup is like Gunnar Givens and Lamar Law, and you start getting into the, some of the right. some of the real recent freshmen. And God, if they got to play, hang it up. <laughs> hang it up. Uh, he's on yes, Israel Banner type games. <laughs> Thank God he's not in that pit anymore. On the end, shit, it'll be a, a Rodney Hammond. 757 <laughs> shit. Rodney Hammond be the one doing it for Pitt. It'll be the uh, Munchie Lego game. The Munchie Lego game all over again. Shit like that. So on the ends. Once again, some familiar faces. Um, not as much experience as uh, the, the interior D-line, but you got Cole Nelson, you got C.J. McCray, you got the much-heralded Antoine Powell, and you got one of the McDonald twins, the one that's not as good as the other one. McDonald twins family, don't fuck me up, bro. It, it is what it is, bro. The defensive line one ain't as good as the linebacker one. We ain't got to argue that shit. Like, let's just move on. And uh, what y'all thinking about these defensive ends? You think we're going to get a pass rush this year? You want to go first, Joe? Yeah, I think a guy, too, that uh, probably was pretty high on was Keyshawn Burgos. I think that he's mm-hmm. going to be a good player as well. He's built like a brick shit house. But I think the guy that everybody's going to be watching is APR, man. Came from Florida. We got an S E C D E from the seven five seven, so I, I think that's probably my most, you know, anticip- the guy that I want to see the most on the defensive line. I'm excited about him. I think the ends yeah. are going to be okay. They're going to be serviceable. The ones outside of him, you know, C J McCray and Cole Nelson, they're serviceable. So the weak side's going to have some trouble here and there, but I think APR is going to bring the heat. What you got, Drift? So I actually really like CJ McCray in this lineup. I think he's pretty quick and can get some pressure. So I'm I'm a big fan of him. I'm hoping he takes a step this year because that could be solid. That could be a good mixture. Like him and uh and APR could be could be kind of fire. That combo could be pretty solid. So I'm I like that a lot. Um and then outside of that, I mean it's uh Jordan McDonald and probably James Jeanette or something like that. So um it's it's a pretty solid group. It's not too bad. I think they have a little bit of a higher upside than the interior of the defensive line if things go the right way. So 
I'm overall with the entire off the defensive line. I think it'll, um, I think they'll be pretty solid in general. And that'll be kind of my thoughts about this whole defense. I think this whole defense is just like solid down the line as we get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Antoine Powell, he's one of them ones that you, you can tell he got pass rush moves Like you see him. You see, you see practice videos. You, I mean, you ain't got to watch no practice videos. You can just cut on the Florida tape and you can see him making plays at the highest level. And, um, us fans, like, I think fans watch ball, bro. I don't think the media watch ball. I think the media be like, oh, okay, his, his PFF ranking was whatever. So, but uh, I don't know about his PFF ranking. Whatever had him as a low-ranked transfer, which is crazy, uh, we seen it on the film. Like, we saw him making plays. Like, supposedly he punched the floor of the coach. And, you know, when you when you get the disrespecting coaches and all of that as an athlete, you know, you the scum of the earth. They gonna they gonna blackball you, bro. They're gonna fuck your name up. They're gonna put mustard on your name. And next thing you know, your 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 stock is low as hell for some yeah. reason for disrespecting the coach and all of that. But um he he looked like the only one that's got a real pass rush move, a pass rush move. So it, uh, third and longs, uh I wanna see fifty-two out there. Yeah. Linebackers. This is the uh this is a very important part of the defense, especially for Virginia Tech, because we've gotten inconsistent linebacker play since uh Tremaine and uh Mo Two uh since since their day where we had two him and Mo Two, Andrew Mo Two Puaka, he was he was the he was a shit. You talk about the game changing. This was only what six, seven years ago. You can't put him on the field. You can't even put him on the field in 2023. Like with that, like that thumper style. Like, bro, you would be giving it up out there. But uh we've been we've been searching for this, uh, we've been searching for rock solid linebackers. And I know Hokey Nation love them some Dax Holyfield and Dax embodied everything about Virginia Tech that the fans love, you know, being gritty and he would get his nose bloody and all that other dumb shit. But as far as actually being uh great and all that, we still we still searching for that. Uh Chris Cole. <laughs> wink wink for your <laughs> Uh but you got you got Keontae Jenkins who's like the hybrid. He's like a he's like a big safety Slash linebacker, you got you got uh Tizzy coming back for his 19th season. He gonna retire a hoagie. Shout out to some of the Allen Tisdale. Uh, they kind of took half his season from him last year. He was able to come back this year for for another season. You got the uh you got the twin that um is better than the other twin. Plays linebacker pretty okay in a pinch. Good size on him. And you also got the the freak Kelly Lawson. Uh, who, who looks like a mother? Who looks like a goddamn statue? Look like a fucking chiseled There's god out there, Greek Greek god or some shit. <laughs> like this god and shit. This nigga looking like he need to be in a WWE or some shit. <laughs> like he gonna be out here power slamming niggas. Man, listen, bro. Shout out to Kelly Lawson, bro. Kelly Lawson is a real one. Um, yeah, man. The the, the defense. 
the linebackers are coming along. I like Keontae Jenkins. I really do. Keontae Jenkins, he's going to be making play, making plays, and he's going to be the key because if he goes down, fuck. That's all I got to say. Yeah, What's your thoughts on these linebackers, man? I think they're I think they're pretty solid. I you know, what was his name? Stone Snyder or whatever, the transfer that I guess is no longer with the team for whatever reason. I thought he was supposed to play or whatever, but that's not happening. I think Kelly Lawson's gonna have a massive year. He's just way too athletic. It's unbelievable. So I'm banking on Pry and Marv to just figuring him out and he'll just be a, a monster for us the next year or two. Um and then outside of that, yeah. like I actually think that J- I think Jaden McDonald's like not bad. I don't think he's I don't think he's bad at all. I think he's pretty solid. So between those two and, and Jenkins, I think Jenkins has been like the unsung hero of the defense. I can't tell you how many times he's made a tackle where it's like if he doesn't make the tackle, it's a touchdown. Every single time. Yeah, Keontae's a motherfucker. Yeah. And he'll and he'll lay kids out too. So like I like that group. Um I think they got some upside. So I'm in on them. Yeah, I think this is probably one of the stronger groups, you know, on the whole team uh, outside of the defensive backs, obviously. I like Jaden Keller. I heard he had the lunch pill hanging around. We've heard a lot of hype about him every offseason, but I think this is the year that he kind of shows out. Kelly Lawson made the freak list. I mean, my freak list looks a little different, if you know what I mean, but – <laughs> I think he is an athletic freak. I love seeing him out there on the field. That pick says six against Georgia Tech was incredible. You got Alan Tisdale. He's been around since the Great Depression. Izzy. Yeah, man. Since the Great Depression. Tizzy. Tizzy been there when we won the ACC championship in 2010, bro. Tizzy yeah, got there. Tizzy hey, caught was... that pick six on fucking, uh, what was Florida State quarterback? Was that EJ? EJ? He called was it, EJ? Tizzy was the one. It wasn't. It wasn't JGW, bro. It was Tizzy that called that pick six. Oh, wasn't he in the same recruiting class as Tyrell Smith? It feels like it. Man, he was there fucking forever, bro. And he was there. Kansas. He was there with Mook. He was there. He was there with like Mook and them. He was driving the car when they. He got was part of NC two VT. He was part of that. Yeah, yeah. He probably came with Trey. Yeah, I think he did come with Trey. <laughs> he was in that class. Crazy. And then you got Keontae Jenkins, and we all know he's the one guy that we just can't afford to have an injury to this year on defense because all the guys behind him are so young. I mean, you got Woodson, who's going to be a stud, and then you got Cotman, who's also going to be a stud. But the freshmen, you do not want them drinking from a fire hose. Cotman is designed – for that role too. Oh yeah, bro, he's gonna be so uh, yeah. good. Like two years, him. Oh yeah, man. if he can, if he stays with it, and you know, accepts like, bro, everybody don't get to play his freshman, and yeah, Cotton is gonna, gonna be one of them ones. Uh, especially no, when, when we get when we get Gabe in, and we get some weight on Gabe. Hey, I can see, I can I can see the vision. You know the way the team being built with these lengthy ass linebackers, these rangy linebackers. Like it's gonna be. I can see the vision, but well, we got like <laughs> we got like six user linebackers, <laughs> right? Yeah, if you get like deep at linebacker, I like that too. We got like the so linebackers right, that you want to get on Ultimate Team when you're playing Madden. 
like the six oh, yeah. five linebackers that six, just run five, around, right, pick the ball field. off. <laughs> they ain't gonna tackle shit, but just gonna cover the hell out the field. Yeah, no, for real. Hey, for I mean, real. if we're in the Big Twelve, we might need that. Yeah, when we get to the when we're playing Texas Tech, bro, they're, they're gonna be looking good. <laughs> Yeah, when we playing Louisiana Tech, we about to yeah, go I've to seen how Blend and what schedule they want to be playing at ODU and Liberty, apparently. Man, right. Tell them bring their ass too. <laughs> Down to the main event of the evening. Uh, this is the this is the unit that is going to be most of the fan favorites, the guys that we all like. It's the secondary. Um, th- these are the guys. These are the guys that's gonna make the plays. These are the guys. These are the guys that are. If everybody else do their job, they make their job a shit ton easier. And it starts with the man, the myth, the legend, uh, man, Sewell Delane, um, going into his much anticipated sophomore season. Obviously, the question is, will he have the sophomore slump? Will he fall off? Will he, or will he increase his game? Will he? continue this Virginia Tech legacy of cornerbacks and defensive backs, not only going to the NFL, but becoming mainstays and, and, and even superstars in the NFL. I think Mansour Delane got NFL potential. But you also got uh, Nasir Peoples, who's a solid safety. He Nasir Peoples don't miss a lot of tackles either. Uh, he's, a, he's a good tackling safety. He, he He's not the most dynamic playmaker in the world, but he he makes plays and he makes tackles specifically, and then you got uh, Ricky's favorite pet project. Shout out to Ricky, uh, Jalen Strowman, uh, who who uh, in the spring game he had a great play that caused the interception. Uh, he played great man. He played great coverage that caused the interception. That I think I think Derek Canteen actually caught the ball, but Strowman did everything uh, in his power to make that. Make that play unchy. And then obviously we got the veteran Dorian Strong, who, while undersized, got dog like tendencies in him. That, and he's gonna make plays. And then you got obviously Derek Canteen, who who uh who burst onto the scene in the in, to me in the spring game. Like I was like, okay, I heard him, bro. You know, he came in, transferred in, but no, he Derek Canteen made his presence known. So I'm li- I'm liking the vibes. I'm like I'm liking the DB room vibes. Uh, obviously you got Mose Phillips, who was who was also uh staking his name, like staking his name, like no, nah, bro, I'm here. Like I ain't here to wait yet. I ain't here to wait. Um, you got Jalen Jones who transferred, not transferred, switched from receiver to DB. It'll be interesting to see uh what he can do. As a DB switching over, that that uh that's kind of alarming to me that a a switched over receiver can just you know be in the mix <laughs> as a DB. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he oh, probably real. he'll probably be our safety next year. To be honest, that's what it's lining up for him. Yeah, it could be, it could be. I need some guys to grab the bull by the horns though. Uh, what's what's y'all what's y'all thoughts on this on this secondary? This DB room, uh, what's your thought? It's fire, man. I think Canteen is going to be a, 
a beast of a corner. He's big too, so I'm 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 big on him. Obviously, Mansoor is going to be a fan favorite, and he's going to be a rock star. So huge on him as well. And I think it could be a massive year for Jalen Stroman. I could th- I think this could be like a me and Ricky got this. We're on the same page here. I think Jalen Stroman could be in, in prime for like a draft stock year. You know what I mean? Like he mm. really he really mm. starts to like start raising the draft stock, start turning some heads. I feel like he's got good, like real good size for a corner and speed, you know, being 6'1", 200, like he could totally, uh, he might end up having, this might be my big take, he might end up having a better NFL career than his older brother. Um, I'm going to put that on the record right now, but love the DB room all around. I think there's, I think they're going to hold us together big time. So looking forward to seeing them make some plays. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I think this is the strongest unit on the defense. Love Derek Kentine. That was a great addition. He's a guy that you can send on a corner blitz. You can play him at nickel. He's going to tackle well. But you're not getting the first down on that guy. He's going to play well on the goal line. I love him. And I think it kind of takes some of the pressure off Strong and Mansour Delane as well. I mean, both of those guys we know are good corners. But I think it kind of brings a bet in the room. They don't have to play every single rep like they did last year. And I think it takes a little bit of pressure off them. I love Stroman. And Peoples, man, he's just a solid playmaker. Uh, Jerry Rice one time said that you don't have to catch the pass. You don't have to catch the touchdown or run the touchdown or throw it to make a play. Sometimes making the block or make you know hitting the right guy or being there at the right time, knowing where to be, that's making the play a lot of times. And the Sierra Peoples is the type of guy that makes the play. I think Cheetah and Prelude have done a good job with their room. They're loading it up. They're getting a lot deeper. This is going to be another year to get deeper with some of the guys we're bringing in. I think they've done a good job. I would like to see them kind of work with Dorian and Mansoor on the jump balls a little bit more. We saw Dorian get burnt. You know, Ali Jennings, Syracuse game, a couple other. I think Zay Flowers got him. Anytime there's like a 50-50 ball, he kind of struggles. And then we saw the same thing out of Mansoor in the NC State game. So I'm kind of hoping that that's not some sort of like lingering issue. I hope that he worked with the corners this year and kind of ironed that out. But overall, I like the room. Yes, sir. We got a we got a we got a we got a solid defense. It's not full like 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 I said during the little linebacker segment. I see the future. I can see the future like right now. Like it's it's still gonna be some some hot some some hiccups and everything, but I can see Pratt and Marv crafting like the future of college football defense as far as lengthy, rangy guys. I can see like Jalen Strowman is is a, is a today DB. He's a today DB. He's a today safety. Like you gotta be fast. You gotta be able to cover and tackle. You got yo DB. He's got the hardest job on the field sometimes. Yeah, they got the hardest job on the fucking field. And then you see what's coming down the pipeline, and you just get excited because all I can think of is six three, six four guys in the secondary and in the linebackers just running around, flying around, making plays. Um. Shout out to Prime Marv, man. I, I, can, I can see the vision. If they're allowed to achieve that vision and they are not hindered by the, the powers that be that we spent like an hour talking about, uh, 
Virginia Tech, while the defense will look different and it'll play different, it'll still be full of playmakers making plays. It'll be a different way. It won't be guys knocking people's heads off. That type of football's not allowed no more. But it'll be like turnovers and big plays. Wow, yes. they probably from from twenty to twenty, from twenty to twenty, probably not a good defense. But in that red zone, <laughs> it's gonna be pick sixes and shit all over the place, bro. I can see it. I see what I see what they're doing though. I can see it. That's one yeah. three special teams to get the fuck up out of here. We spent way too long talking about that goddamn article. This is why article shouldn't drop in August. Special teams. <laughs> Special teams, uh, Tucker Holloway, the punt return guy. It was even some talks. I remember it was some talks that Tucker Holloway could be one of the greatest punt returners in Virginia Tech history. Now, that's <laughs> fucking crazy. Knowing our punt return history with the Eddie Rawls and D'Angelo Halls and, and, and Greg, Greg Stroman. Stroman. Right. Like the J. Ron Hosley. Let me, let me put some respect on J. Ron Hosley. You know, uh, but Tucker Holloway and Bryce Duke as your returners. And uh, you got John Love. You got Peter Moore at punter. And uh, you got William Ross. And shout out to William Ross. I met his family last year. Good people. Good, good people uh, at the kickers. But, what, but, but, but kicker and punter, you only care about them if they bad. You yeah. know, let's just pray we don't care about Peter Moore, John Love, William Ross, whoever's doing all the place kicking and punting, you know. Let's get to the good shit. Tucker Holloway, Bryce Duke is your return man. We good with that? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Yep, we good. Bryce like Duke. Bryce Duke, Bryce Duke has looked good as a returner. Uh, yeah. Like he hasn't had the flash like like Holloway actually bringing one back, but he's looked good. So I'm 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 happy with both of those choices. Um, and it at least puts Bryce Duke on the field to do something because he's kind of he's kind of deep in that in that rotation there's a lot of running backs there so at least he's got something else to do and another role to fill per se so yeah shout out to Tucker Holloway and Bryce Duke and and historically with Virginia Tech is when we put a white punt returner kick returner back there we basically telling the other team we we just catching this bitch we just we put him back there because he ain't gonna drop it no we got some white boys that's cold with it. Like, they ain't going to do something with it. But the best thing about Tucker and Bryce is the other team might not – well, they might know about Bryce. They might have seen his movies. But they, they might not quite know about uh, Bryce yet. They might – okay, Tucker, he, he going to do something. They might see Bryce and start fucking off. Next thing you know, Bryce, take that big. So Yeah, they're, they're in disguise. Yeah, <laughs> shout out, man. Shout out to Willie Byrne, bro. We we put Willie Byrne back there, bro. <laughs> Willie Byrne won't about to do shit with it. He gonna catch it though. He won't go muff. And CJ so, Carroll, uh, CJ Carroll, man, you know, shout out to the white couple guys we forgot man. about. Uh, Cole Beck, future Heisman candidate, according to some people. Cole and, Beck uh, back on the team, baby. I thought he was off the team. He's on the team. Kickoff return only, according to Coach Holt and uh, Jalen Lane. He returned kicks, and, I mean, he has some pretty good stats from his previous school. So those two are two to add in the mix. I like our returners this year. Cole Beck. Cole Beck. UPS is paying how much an hour now? 
I think he's pretty good. He would be the fastest UPA UPS employee of all time, bro. (laughs) From door to door, record speed. UPS is hiring my boy. Shout out to shout out to Colbeck, bro. Don't fuck me up. Never saw me. Um. I think that's it. I think we, we did. We did the offense. We did the defense. We did the special teams. No. We did. We did. We talked about. the holder. It bothers me that that article came out like in the middle when we in preview mode and we're talking about this team and we're anticipating this team and then we're like, trying to be excited and everything. Where are Pat? You know, like Fuente is like herpes, bro. He won't go away, bro. Like he always come back. Every time you think you got a good date coming up, the next thing you know, bam, cold soul. Like, that's what I'm saying, bro. Fuente, you unemployed bitch. Like, go away, bro. Like, stop stop trying to get a job through your agent. Stop trying to use the powers that be. Stop trying to use your friends in the media. Bro, go keep bringing Sonny Dykes' coffee, bro. He likes three sugars in his shit, not two. Y'all got anything left to say? Yeah, actually, another article this week, too, showed that John Boleyn is responsible for us playing at Odeon and at Liberty. Uh, Vito, man, you were there, man. We saw what a clusterfuck it was playing at ODU. You know, they sold duplicate tickets. We had people sitting on top of each other, scrambling to find mm-hmm. seats. The beer vendor tried to steal Miss Prize change. Our staff got stuck in the fucking elevator at halftime and then the locker mm-hmm. room got robbed like bro are y'all for real like welcome to Norfolk that's the Norfolk experience some we can, people don't we can let John Boleyn skate they, on that man they got what they came for some people don't make it out of Norfolk <laughs> what you mean <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> not the man <laughs> so everybody needs to remember that's on John Boleyn too and scheduling is going to play a part in conference realignment uh, it hurts your viewership when you're not getting the big games to be on TV. So that's another another X on that motherfucker. Yeah, that's the crazy. That's the worst thing about this whole thing. This last, uh, I'd say since 2016, 2017, is the Virginia Tech name has been so muddy. You ain't really seen us in no big games and big situations. And I know we as I know the Virginia Tech fan base like to talk about, you know, we beat North Carolina in six overtimes. Ain't nobody watched that shit with us. Like, North Carolina fans didn't watch that shit. Like, only we cherish that game and love that game. We got to start having these big games on these big stages again. Yeah, primetime games. Primetime. Not some shit where only we watched it and maybe the other fan base watched it. Like, no, we need big national TV games. Like when we beat uh West Virginia at FedEx in 2017, I was at that game, but I was getting texts through my phone, you know, from non-Virginia Tech fans like, "Yo, y'all are... it was motherfuckers texting me like, "Yo, this John Johnson, uh, who's not fucking good? Not Josh Johnson. I'm watching the Commanders. Josh Jackson, man, this Josh Jackson, man, this motherfucker nice. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like, that's when you know." Your team, you you playing on the big game, on the big stage, and everybody watching. But when you playing Saturday Raycom Sports, so no disrespect to Raycom Sports, but bro, ain't nobody watching that shit but us. Oh, come on, man. 
Drift, you got anything left to say to the people? I'm just excited, man. I'm pumped for football. It needs to be here already. Yeah, like what, two weeks left? If that, 12 days, two something like that? Two weeks left. Two weeks left. I'm excited. I'm getting that itch, man. I'm like about to buy Madden, so I'm pumped. I hope we have a decent year. At least better than last year. That's all it I got. Definitely, it should definitely be better than last year. We want to thank y'all for tapping in the foil. We had to talk about, like, we had to talk about the article because it's our responsibility as as media, and we are media, like it or not, to cover these things. And we covered we here at Foil. I think I speak for everybody when I say we cover the good, the bad, the ugly of Virginia Tech athletics. We're not going to sit up here and get your piss bowl and tell you it's lemonade. We ain't going to do that. We're going to say it's piss. It's fucked up. Don't drink that. Uh, and that's not to throw dirt on the other platforms, but the other some other platforms would rather focus on just, you know, the positivity, and that's cool too. But here at 4L, we going to uh, – if if there's a rape scandal, there's a whatever scandal, somebody gets killed, whatever the case may be, bro, we gonna we gonna talk about it, we gonna and we gonna cover it unbiasedly unless it's about Fuente. Cause get the fuck out of here, bro. That's it for four L, bro. We'll see y'all for the ODU preview in week one. Till then, God bless. Finesse. The more money feel like they let you last. Just bought a hundred rounds and I bought a vest. Caught a battle. Ain't tell nobody, young nigga, pass the test. I'm with my killers, we bout to slide. We all ride to the death. You never ever witness death. No. Valentino when I step. Calico on my right. Michael Draco on my left. Caught the body, then I left. Good gas, nigga, come take a breath. Had to get them up and clean up my mess. Make these niggas feel the pressure. A hundred rounds, I'm towing extra. Depending on the test, Mac 90 show you how to make